Welcome back to the Oklahoma drill. It's been a long time. That's eh, not been that long. Um, but we're back. It's uh, Ryan, Alex, and Nathan here. How are you guys doing? You guys staying alive? Sleep with one eye open? Yeah, we are... We're alive. And I specifically, finally, I've been doing a lot of extra stuff, which I'm going to just take the blame for why we haven't been podcasting. <laughs> it's been mostly me. Um but finally, the schedule's kind of clearing up a little bit, so we're back to bring some podcasting to you guys. Got spring football starting tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Got a nice, awesome Lincoln-Riley press conference today. Um, and we were talking beforehand, I think the main takeaway from that press conference was that just Lincoln-Riley, in addition to being a great offensive coach and head coach, He's a really good press conference coach as well. Yeah, just uh, just very good at keeping at seeming very open and straightforward, like while simultaneously revealing nothing at all. Absolutely. No, he though I will say, you know, he's pretty good at like whenever it gets onto social topics and whatnot, he's good at giving it some uh, actual. You can tell he's thought through things, you know, some actual insight. But if it has to do with the team, he gives you nothing. <laughs> um, but it always sounds – it sounds good. It, it's nice, you know, canned soundbite answers for the papers. But as far as insight goes, there's not much there. Yeah, I would say that's fair. Um, what was your favorite answer of the day? Well, I like the uh, answer where he was – not down on the offensive line as far as last year, but uh, he certainly was talking about how they could play a lot better. <laughs> so he, he he did mention that 99% of schools would have been, you know, really happy with offensive line last year, but he had the whole thing of, you know, we expect better here. Um, so it doesn't seem like uh, he talked about they're playing around with combinations saying where guys have been in the past might not be where they are in the future. So, that's fairly interesting. You know, you yeah. might see Marquise yeah. Hayes on the right or Adrian Ely at left tackle or just things like that. You don't, yeah. you don't know. It, and it's it's funny to me because that is both, like, interesting and insightful and, like, mm-hmm. it's slightly revealing. But it also, like, could literally mean nothing at all. Yeah, it's also incredibly vague. So. Yeah. <laughs> like, because I think that was a question about, like, Stacey Wilkins and Eric Swenson. And his answer right. was, you know, well, guys move through time. Yeah, guys are we're, we're playing around with uh, different lineups. It's like, well, that's what you do in the spring. So yeah. we'll see what happens come August. I just want to real quick about the offensive line. I'm going through the roster right now, and Bray Walker has gotten hilariously large. What uh, he like he's, he's always been really big, and I'm not even sure that this is a good thing. But he's listed at six six, three hundred and fifty two pounds now. Holy crap! Yeah, it's that very sounds large. a little sloppy, but yeah. yeah. Well, the thing with Bray Walker is that he was always really big, um, but then you like I rem- remember a thing the past few years is you see photos of him and it's like, oh man, he uh, he doesn't he just he looks like look a normal human part. scaled up. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, and so then so sure. now maybe this is yeah. him like actually putting like weight weight on that frame. Right. Yeah, what? I don't know. I don't know if that's something to be 
looked at as a positive or if it should be concerning that right, it's right. getting that big. I tend I mean, to my, be a little bit concerned, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, my main concern with him has been foot speed. So if he's getting yeah. heavier, like right. I can't yeah. help the feet. So um, I mean, he's just I mean, he's he's just a guard. Like that's all there is yeah. to it. Like I mean, I know. You know, two years ago or when he signed, I was like, there, that's our left tackle. You know, yeah. once he's a redshirt freshman, that's going to be our left tackle for the next two or three years. And that just has not been how it works out. So nope. we're going to need probably Stacey Wilkins to step up into that role um, if we want to probably the, uh, the potential of or that. Or the bionic uh, Eric Swenson surgically repaired potentially. Yeah, yeah, probably not. Count me skeptical on that. One. <laughs> it um, will be interesting to see if he gets, if there's any noticeable difference if he's actually healthy next year. Um, yeah, you know, it's possible. Right. So a couple, a couple more things just about the roster in general um, that I kind of wanted to talk about was um, on the defensive line. It really seems as if we are like leaning those guys out even more than we already were. Like I'm looking at guys like Ronnie Perkins, who's down in the two forties. You're looking at uh, Marcus Stripling, who's down at two forty, just flat, like right there. Perry on Winfrey, who you would think of as probably the nose guard in this defense is at two eighty three. Mm-hmm. Like those are not typical, you know, numbers that you look at as an, for an OU defensive line. And I know that the, the scheme is changing, but is there any concern about our possible lack of size at those positions? Uh, for me, I am a little concerned about it just because even the other defenses that play, you know, similar styles of, you know, they want to hustle to the ball and be really frenetic. Like I think about Clemson, they don't have, you know, 280 pound defensive tackles. They still had, you know, the large, you know, uh, first round level Christian Wilkins guys that were 315, 320. Um, and even the smaller ones might be 300 that were, you know, are able to cause a lot of havoc. I know ta- like they had a true freshman last year that played a lot of at defensive tackle, Tyler Davis. He was 290. He'll probably be 300 this year. Um, you just don't see that. I think Neville's about as stout as we're going to have um, moving forward. Even Jordan Kelly is under 300. Um, yeah on the on the roster so well that i am a little i am a little concerned but then i think about what grinch did at wazoo um about how small that defense was and the results he still had and maybe the man just has a type yeah you don't you don't see it other other places but he is pretty unique so it's true well i mean the thing that you know last year we heard pretty consistently that Neville was not the ideal type for that defensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, like he was even a little bit bigger than what they're looking for. Right. And they want length and yeah, they yeah. want guys, they want length there. And, and I, I, kinda, I keep, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I kind of wonder, I kind of wonder if that's just not the right opinion. You know, like obviously I'm not, I'm not as smart as Alex Grinch. I'm not claiming that, but like it really seems like, Neville Gallimore was a nice fit in this mm-hmm. defense. You know, when he was yeah. on last year, he was the, you know, he was the best player on the defense. Like that Texas right. game, him and Murray, they just completely dominated that game. And like yeah. it wasn't until teams just started double and triple teaming him that he really slowed down last year. So, 
to me, I want more of that, please. Um, that yeah, guy's probably going to go in the first round. Yeah, at worst, he'll be an early second round. It's, I, I think it's just hard to really um, gauge what's best and what's not until we see what Grinch considers the best. Like, yeah. moving forward, if Winfrey just becomes, you know, an All-American, then, we will, then we'll know. Because I think, you know, body type-wise, especially once he's been here maybe a year and he's 6'4", 290, something like that. Yeah, I think that's kind of what he wants at that nose. He wants a long guy that can get skinny and make, provide interior pass rush. Um, yeah. And True. it's just, we're not used to, I've been conditioned for over a decade of seeing a nose tackle as, you know, being 315 pounds plug in the middle. And that just isn't how Grinch sees things. And I just have to kind of recalibrate my brain, especially whenever I see like high school kids getting offered that are 260. And then I have to remind my, or I had to think about it as that's the nose tackle prospect, even though every other school in the country thinks of him as a three tech, you know, it's just, it's just different. So, yeah, I kind of wonder if, I mean, is that where Jalen Redmond's future might be? Like, cause he's uh, the one guy that's got, he's up at 278 right now. Like, I mean, would any, would we be surprised if they threw him out there as the nose guard this year and had Winfrey maybe play the, like the three tech? I'd be a little I mean, surprised. I would. I mean, I would be surprised, but at the same time, it absolutely fits with um, sort of our meme about Jalen Redmond being this human who cannot stop growing. Right. Yeah. He's getting bigger. Um, and I, I mean, I'm not convinced dude, that it's all good weight it's, either. It's, but it's just funny to me that dude came here literally as an outside linebacker, and we're talking about yeah. playing him at nose. Yeah. Well, I just I'm thinking of like a defensive line. Like, what if? You know, it's Ronnie Perkins, obviously, after the suspension. What if it, we throw out, like, a Ronnie Perkins, Jalen Redmond, Marcus Stripling front? You know, like, yeah. I, it seems insane. I think you could see it maybe in, like, pass rush. But yeah. I just think those guys would just get killed if it was in a potential where someone could get, like, a lead blocker and they just run power at that. Like, imagine that against Texas. Like, right. I just... With, you know, Ellinger being 230 or whatever and, you know, the running backs they have, the tight ends and, you know, a decent offensive line, certainly not as good as ours, but, you know, okay. Um, I, I just don't know if that could hold up, you know, repeatedly. But I, I think in third and 15, yeah, sure, sure, I could see that. Um, especially if they're doing looping and whatnot, um, you let them use the quickness, I could see it. Yeah, it's... It's going to be interesting to see how this defense fares against sort of a shifting offensive philosophy within the Big 12. Um, the area guys are kind of gone now. Um, mm-hmm. so In a lot of ways, yeah. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a weird one, and it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out. Um, but yeah, nah, these guys are smaller. Um, I like there are so many ways in which I can see that being a good thing, and just so many ways I can see that. Like, I think I would be way more comfortable with this conversation if we had had it like before the Houston Rockets absolutely collapsed. Yeah, no, I think I think that's true. I think that's true. Yeah. Um, it, explain we, the, we all have to kind of explain what? the Rockets thing for those of us in the crowd that don't okay. get it. <laughs> so the Houston Rockets abolished the position of center. Um, okay. 
and they won like five games and it seemed amazing. And it seemed like they completely changed basketball. And right now they look horrible. Well, I've seen OU do that for like 10 years and <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. sorry, basketball. Uh, <laughs> believe me, I, there might be a basketball pod coming soon. Cause I have so many basketball opinions right now. So, right. Um, we'll, we'll maybe, hold off on maybe that. Maybe Sam can actually join for that one. Oh, yeah. shot fired. <laughs> yeah, Sam was supposed to be with us today, but he canceled at the oh, last we minute. We promised we wouldn't. <laughs> this is so mean. Yeah, sorry. All right, Sam. so let's let's kind of go into you know one last thing because you know this is kind of our you know the overall topic where this is kind of our wrapping up the 2020 recruiting class because we just didn't get to do that earlier um and i just really want to talk about it one last time yeah it's nathan's favorite class ever um but i i want to talk a little bit about 2021 recruiting um because it seems like things are going really well and ou i'm kind of interested in the idea of ou kind of being in this every other year type thing where like the 2019 class was explosive. We had the five-star receivers. We had the five-star quarterbacks. And the 2021 class is looking similar. And I'm kind of wondering if like it's going to be this way where like the 2020, like the even years are going to be like filling in the gaps on those like really high-level classes. You know, like the 2020 class was, you know, a bunch of really good utility players on offense, really great offensive line class, but it lacked the star power. Like – if you throw a five-star quarterback into that 2020 class and maybe a five-star receiver, all of a sudden it's looking a lot different. You know what I mean? So sure. I kind of wonder if, if that's kind of where we're headed. Um, but, you know, for 2021, I mean, the, the name that has to be on everybody's radar is Caleb Williams, five-star yep. quarterback. Like, obviously, you know, everyone knows we lost Brock Vandegrift who has committed to Georgia at the time, Brock Grant Vandegrift was the number one quarterback in the country. Um, rankings just, have kind of, not just quarterback. He was number one player in rivals in the initial two or uh, 100 that they put out. Yeah, um, it's true. I mean, that has kind of shifted because now Caleb Williams is the number one overall quarterback. Yeah. So, I mean, it would just be kind of insane to go from having a guy like Brock Vandegrift to a guy like Caleb Williams, who, Arguably, I mean, this is very arguable, is a better fit for the offense. I disagree with that, but that's okay. Go ahead. I mean, I'm just looking at his profile. Like the he's a he's a little bit over six feet tall. He's a better athlete than Brock Vandegrift. He's a really great thrower. Like he's got a lot of tools yeah, that Lincoln sure. Riley has shown that he is really good at working with. Not to say that Brock, Brock Vandegrift doesn't, yeah. but like Brock Vandegrift is more of your prototype, like you know, he's 6'3", six, 6'4", six, stands in the pocket and throws it. And, like, yes, he can move. But, like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't call Brock Vandegrift this, like, high-level scrambling quarterback. Yeah, he's, like a, Joe, he's like a Joe Burrow level of scrambler. He Like, he's dangerous, but he's not going to take over games scrambling. Yeah. I think. Yeah. It's I, – I think it's going to be interesting um, to see, like, the question of what is this offense's preferred quarterback – finally be sort of answered i think in the upcoming seasons um well i think what we've seen is lincoln more than anything else the guy has to be able to throw um yeah like but oh at the same time like we all 
were well aware of the flaws in the offense, especially towards the end of the season. But like, sure. That was still a really good offense, even with a banged up offensive line. Um, it's, I think with presumably Spencer Rattler, which, you know, we, I can't we wait for the that. spring game, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh man. The takes that will come out of that are going to be great. And they're going to last all the way until the first snap. Um, but with presumably Spencer Rattler, we might finally <laughs> get a sense of what Lincoln has been going for this entire time, as opposed to in terms of like, this is Lincoln's philosophy adapted to fit Baker Mayfield. This is Lincoln's philosophy adapted to fit, you know, Kyler Murray. This is Lincoln's philosophy adapted to fit a dump truck. Like this is, so with Spencer, I think, you know, you have a quarterback he recruited, you have, and who is like, now spent a year redshirted into the system, like who's got, it's so hard to say that an offense was built around a guy like Baker or Kyler. Cause like with Baker, there are very straightforward limitations mm-hmm. in terms of his size and his speed. Um, and with Kyler, you've got maybe the best athlete to have ever existed. Um, <laughs> that's hyperbole, but you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, Whereas with Spencer, you've got a guy who like is a mobile quarterback with a great arm. And like, yeah, so I think this is maybe going to be the year we see like a what down the road we would call a prototypical Lincoln Riley offense. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I, I have a hard time thinking that what Baker was isn't pretty close to what Lincoln wants. Um, yeah, I agree. And I agree. I just, I think, like, you know, Spencer is, especially at a high school is probably as close as Lincoln. was. I think it's, if I'm thinking of what I've, you know, kind of gathered of what Lincoln wants, he wants a guy that can throw, you know, mm-hmm. better. I mean, that's the number one thing. And he also wants someone that's relatively mobile. And he also wants someone that, you know, isn't, I go back to thinking of Josh Heupel, and Josh Heupel had a type. He, all of the quarterbacks that Josh Heupel took usually were, you know, kind of reserved guys. Lincoln's not quite that way. He kind of wants guys that are more, uh, you know, lead by, you know, um, that are a little bit more fiery. I can't think of another way of describing it. That are a little bit more Baker than they are uh, Landry Jones, <laughs> um, yeah. to to put a kind of a stark comparison. Um, yeah. I, and I think Spencer fits into that. Now, I do think Brock kind of didn't fit that. I think Brock just had so much of everything else that um, I think Lincoln went with went in that direction anyway. I think Caleb Williams fits that direction. Out of everything I've read about him, he seems to be more of a gregarious personality, someone that's, you know, um, maybe a little bit more outgoing. So He's, he's a better fit. I'm telling you. I, he's a better fit. He's going to have a better college career than Brock Vandegrift. Well, I, I, won't, I won't disagree with that because right. Brock, Brock decided to go play in a prehistoric offense. So, oh, my God. Um, I am so ready to hear about how good Brock is before the snap, though. Yeah, yeah, for real. Like, Brock is, has signed us to throw for, you know, 2,500 yards a year um, and yeah. hand the ball off. Like 78% accuracy. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, I won't disagree with that. I just... I'm not quite there on him or Caleb Williams being a better, you know, 
uh, ability fit, but I think he will absolutely be the better college player if he comes to Oklahoma. It's happening. Mark it down, folks. Mark it yep. down. Calling it now. All right. So this is not a three-hour podcast. We're going to go ahead and get yep. into the 2020 recruiting class because I know that we're going to have a lot to say about it, um, and we've already said quite a bit. Uh, so we are – this is it. Like we're going through each player. We're going to try and give brief thoughts. We're yep. going to go offense to defense. Um, and we're going to try and hold this under, you know, get this done and knock it out under two hours. So I'm not two hours from this point, but like <laughs> total, yeah, total is what we're, we're aiming for. So let's start with quarterback. Um, Chandler Morris is, is Oklahoma's quarterback in the 2020 class. Um, we've definitely talked about how interesting his, you know, recruiting story was, committed to Arkansas. It's Chad Morris's son. Chad Morris gets fired. Obviously he's not going to go to the school that fired his dad. Um, and OU always seemed to be that, like that second choice for him. Like if, if he was just a random quarterback that didn't have a family connection, like he would have probably committed OU initially anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, I will, I want to go ahead, like Chandler Morris to me, if, if we're talking about, um, you know, recruiting rankings like right on rivals he's he's sitting at 5.5 as a three-star that's the lowest rated three-star you can be um super dumb and i just honestly think it's bullshit like i i have no idea what he did to piss them off but the kid's really freaking good at football and just all you got to do is watch the kid play he won Mm -hmm. state championships in high school like he is a really good player um, and I'm really excited about him. You know, we're talking about fits in the Lincoln Riley offense. I don't think like other than the fact that he's just a little bit short, like I don't think you're looking at a guy that, you know, he you're not looking at much better of a fit than Chandler Morris. Yeah. Uh, so to me, Chandler Morris is kind of like he's the guy that went to, that goes to tech or goes to, you know, a, a school that's kind of, you know, mid-level P5. And has mm-hmm. and is pretty good, you know. Has a pretty good college career. I I think he's a bit, I think he's probably a backup, you know, long term. But I think he's about as good of a backup as you can get because he's not someone that is going to deter Caleb Williams from wanting to sign because he's in the year ahead of him. But he's also good enough to play. Um, and he he has all the coaches' cliches, so you get to have fun with that. <laughs> um, I don't know, you know, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head, Alex. He he played for Highland Park, and he won a state title, and, you know, he's a really good football player. I don't buy that Lincoln, he was Lincoln's favorite, because I remember Bryce Young, and Lincoln did say that uh, Chandler was his favorite quarterback in the class or something along those lines. I don't buy that, but right. I would buy that he's maybe his second favorite. Um, I yeah. mean. I think the only knock is he's just small. That's the only. I think he's like yeah. a slightly bigger Mason Fine, um, but that could work. There's nothing. I mean, that, yeah. there's no huge problem. I mean, Kyler was small. I'm not trying to say Kyler is. Excuse me. I'm not trying to say Chandler is anywhere remotely close to Kyler athletically, but size isn't the only factor. Um, if you if you can throw with anticipation and see through the windows and everything, you can get around that. So, I don't know. I, I like the I like the pickup and I like the pickup even more because of, um, you know, what it means moving forward as far as the 2021 class and, 
you know, the potential for a, a couple of year backup kind of guy and a guy that if pressed could play and maybe even will surprise everybody and take the job anyway. Yeah, he's he's a like he's probably only looked at as a backup because of who he's probably going to be squeezed oh, in between. Absolutely. Right. Like if he was going to any other school, you're probably like this guy could be the starter in a couple years. Yeah, but the fact yeah. that he's going to be dude between Rattler a, and Williams. Yeah. yeah. Dude would have had a legendary Wazoo career if Leach had stayed yeah, there. Sure. Yeah. That absolutely. analogy no longer works because who knows what's going to happen in the state of Mississippi. Oh, yeah, man. that was wild. Could, what a, a very small tangent. What a weird culture fit that yeah, <laughs> I can't yeah. wait to watch it's that. It's so strange. And I, yeah. th- but the thing is, I think I like it. Like, oh, for sure. I, I think it's going to fail. I, I don't. It absolutely will, but it's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's f- football at Mississippi State. It's yeah. going to fail. Yeah, that's true. Um,. Okay, let's let's move on to running backs, the position that got Jay Bulware fired. We're just gonna call it like it is. Yeah, um, important um, note: running back singular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so obviously, we had Jace McClellan for over two years committed, and then the week, like pretty much the day of signing, on signing day, he flipped to Alabama, which you know, which was a pretty unacceptable way to lose a guy like in a in a class that was historically good at running back. Mm-hmm. Oh, you wound up with only one guy. Um, the one guy they got, I think, is a good one, Seth McGowan from Mesquite, Texas. You know, additionally, like with him, like he grew up an OU fan. He was probably always going to go to OU if they wanted him. Yep. So it was not an impressive recruiting get by any means. That's why we have yeah. DeMarco Murray. Yeah, uh, I mean, I like Seth a lot, actually. I think he was – if I was going to put, like, our OU's top ten targets or something at running back last year, I think he would have been firmly, like, six or seven, like, I think he's a good player, absolutely. Um, I think he's kind of like a Rodney Anderson. I don't know if he quite has the long speed of Rodney, but he kind of has that similar style. He's even kind of built like Rodney. It's kind of weird. Um, but that kind of slasher, one-step, uh, get north-south kind of guy. Um, he's super developed physically. I think he would, if he had needed to, he could absolutely play as a freshman. And he's an early enrollee, so that would help also. Um, I, I really like Seth. I think... Um, everything I've read about him as far as like a person, he seems to be like pretty mature. So I think again, just another reason that I think if he was pressed to play as a freshman, he could, I don't think he will because he has a stacked room in front of him, but, um, I think he could absolutely be a pretty, uh, regular part of the rotation as sophomore year for sure. <laughs> yeah. Ryan? Any thoughts on Seth McGowan? On Seth McGowan, I'm glad he's a warm body. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, mentally, there's nothing to compare him to. I mean, I think he is. I think he's going to be a good player. Like he is a guy that you, you could definitely see him overachieving at OU. Like, I mean, the Rodney Anderson comparison is too easy to make, but like Rodney Anderson was it a guy is. that overachieved at OU. Like right. when he was healthy. He overachieved at OU, and he was I mean, amazing. It's easy to make because they're very similar. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's the whole reason it's easy to make. Right. Yeah. Not, not often do you see someone that's like a dead ringer, but they're like 80% of each other. Yeah. It's like with when everything else in the OU offense is working, um, if a running back is capable of mastering all the fundamentals of the position, he can be really successful here. Well, like, and, yeah, and that's the thing, like – 
we've been doing really well rushing the ball for the last few years with like pretty good running backs. And yeah. that was kind of the that was kind of the knock on Jay was like, yeah, he's okay, but they haven't had the um, elite guys there. They haven't had the uh, the Nick Chubb, the Deion, you know, those level of guys. Um, and I'm not saying McGowan is that guy, but I think he is absolutely someone that could be a very. Um, if you told me that he was someone that started or was a the number two back for two or three years and ended up with like 2,000 yards rushing career, I think that's quite possible. Yeah. I mean, if you can block catch passes, you have the patience to hit the hole on the counter, and you have like decent top end speed. Yeah. This offense can make you look pretty dang good. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's move on to our fullback in the class. You know, we've talked plenty about Michael Henderson before. He's a guy that could have gone and played quarterback at a number of places, but for whatever reason, he decided he wanted to play fullback at OU, Mm -hmm. which is really cool. He's an extremely high-level athlete, and, like, he's a guy that, honestly, in a pinch, you you would feel really comfortable just giving him the ball as a running back. For sure. Um, He's a ridiculous athlete. I think he's a guy that also, like, you know, splitting him out wide, playing him in the slot. Like, I don't think that's going to be a stretch for him at all. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, I think, by far the most physically talented fullback, H-back prospect OU has signed. And I'm, you know, including all of the guys that you're thinking of. Like, I think he is more talented than any of those guys. Yeah, he's got, like, the size of Trey Millard, potentially, with, like, more athleticism, which is pretty fun. Um I think this guy is probably like the maybe the guy I'm most interested in this entire offensive class and like seeing how his career goes. Um, just because, yeah, he's not probably going to he's never going to have you know crazy stats most likely just because of the the nature of the position he plays. But I just think he, with an offensive coordinator that's a, or a play caller that is as creative as Lincoln is. I mean, I think this is a guy that Lincoln's just got to be giddy about. Like, there's so much he can do with him. You, you you rattled some of them off, Alex. You can hand it to him out of the backfield. You can split him in the slot. You can probably even put him out wide and throw fade routes to him. I mean, there's so, just so much you can do with him. Um, I'm just really curious, and it's pretty cool. Again, it's pretty cool that he chose to play H-back over quarterback. Um, he's in early. Uh, he's in as a spring enrollee, so... He might have a, the potential to play this year. I mean, I think there's potential for him to play um, because not a lot of receivers coming back. Um, I think he could carve himself out at least, you know, the four games for sure. Um, I don't know. I'm just really, really interested to see what they do with him um, because, like you said, he's just, he's probably the most talented guy they've had at that. He might be the most raw also. We're up there. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know, maybe not quite as raw as Jeremiah Hall was. Oh, that's that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good, great point. Um, But if you just watch his highlights, like he's mossing guys. Um, Yeah. And I think that's, I'm just really excited to see what they do with him. All right, Ryan, let me hear your takes on Michael Henderson, because I know you're a fan. Oh, man. It's, this is what I really, I'm going to become, if this becomes the pattern of recruiting classes, like you said, I am just going to become like an even year stan. (laughs) 
because <laughs> uh, Swiss Army Knife guys, like I think my favorite player of the recent, um, def- like definitively my favorite OU player of the recent history, uh, was Dimitri Flowers. Um, and it's because he was really versatile and interesting. Um, okay. And this is like Dimitri Flowers times ten. I think Mikey Henderson wow. Wow. is okay. gonna <laughs> like. Just his ability to be anywhere on the field and make an impact in some way is really interesting. Yeah. He also goes by Mikey, which is pretty sweet. So Yeah. I hope that Mikey Henderson is ten times better than Dimitri Flowers. That is my hope. <laughs> I don't even know what that looks like. I'm yeah, just excited just to see. <laughs> yeah. So All right, let's yeah. move let's move on to the wide receiver position. Um it's an interesting class. Um Let's let's go ahead and start with Trayvon West. Um, he is a guy that OU offered as a speed player, and if you watch his film, he looks pretty fast. Like you're like, oh, he's not slow. Um, his track times, if you look those up, are not impressive. Yeah, so I don't weird. really understand what that is about. So I don't know. He is he's a mystery. I think he had a really really strong senior year at in uh, where was he at Lamar? Yeah, in high school, Lamar. like which is a great that's a great high school. They're pretty good every year. Um, so like, you know, I I think he's okay. Like I trust Dennis Simmons as an evaluator, um, but he's definitely a guy that was overlooked. Um, and yeah. so I I really don't know what to think of him. Like I think. I think maybe there's a possibility that he grew quite a bit as a senior, just looking at some pictures. I remember mm-hmm. seeing him next to Lincoln, and it was like, oh, he's noticeably bigger than Lincoln. you know. Yeah. So if that's the case, then maybe we've really found something here. And you know, I think I'm, I'm willing to give anybody a chance, but like at receiver, like that's a position that you can come into OU at this point and find playing time at. We're not super deep at that position. We have a lot of talent. Right. But we need human beings that play that position, and he is one. <laughs> that 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 he is. Um, so here's the thing with with Trey. Uh, he committed in like February, and then he was just dead silent from like then on. Um, never wavered and just never spoke. So, but he also never went to camps that I can recall. Um, so I think that just hurt him a little bit from a notoriety perspective because neither, neither did he speak nor did he travel so anyone could see him. And then he, like you mentioned, he had a really strong senior year. It wasn't quite Marvin Mims, but there was a a period of time where Mims and, uh, Trevon West were just kind of putting out these huge stats week after week after week. Um, and I think West kind of, you know, as his season, uh, kind of kept going along he just kind of kept getting better and kept putting up uh, better stats and he had a really good senior year I, th- I will say with West that if you listen to the staff talk about him they love Trevon West um, which is really interesting actually because they're just they just seem very bullish on him Lincoln even kind of like you know referred to him and I, I would argue him and Shane Witter um, in their signing day wrap-up um, discussion where they were talking about how they just had to, some of the guys they signed this year just didn't seem to get the same kind of uh, respect from the recruiting services that 
um, they might normally in other years. Um, and every now and then they just have different of opinion. But I think he was referring specifically to West and maybe Brian Darby and Deshane Witter, guys like that, um, that the staff just really, really likes. And um, for whatever reason, they didn't get uh, that much press from uh, you know services like Rivals or 247. So I think with West... I, I can kind of see I, – I, I'm kind of like you, Alex. I kind of waffle um, on how exactly I feel about him. I'm More than anything, I'm bullish on Dennis Simmons. And Simmons and Gundy, those two in particular, just seem to really, really like him. So I'm trusting their evals on my eyes. I, I think he looks like a nice player, but I think he, if anything, is probably a guy that will take a year or two and to kind of blossom if he's going to. He kind of reminds me of those guys that go to OSU and then, like, as a redshirt sophomore, just break out. Like, one of those kind of guys that um, you don't really even know who he is until he's, so, like, in year three. Your player comp is, is Tywin Wallace, right? No. I liked, I loved <laughs> Wallace out of high school. <laughs> but, uh, darn. Um, I well, mean, that's. A, I'm gonna go ahead and say Trayvon West will have a career equally as good as Tywin Wallace. Hey, I'll take that. Um, go with that. <laughs> yeah, like I don't even know who I would compare him to as a pure player. I like I don't either. Um, but again, I'm trusting in uh, Simmons and Gundy because um, they've yeah. given me a lot of reason to. All right, let's go to Brian Darby, um, who kind of a receiver, kind of not, kind of a running back, kind of an H back, like. Lit- just a true Swiss Army. Like, he could play. I have no idea what position he's going to play. Zero clue. He's um, going to be fun position. That's what he's going to be. Yeah. Like, I, I feel confident that he's not going to play on the outside at wide receiver. But right. he could play the H, the Y. He could play fullback. He could play running back. Like, that. any of those positions are open to him. Yeah. He's and the this, kind of – Well, I'm just, oh, just gonna, With yeah, his go recruitment, ahead. he is a guy that camped – at like a satellite camp with OU and mm-hmm. they offered him on site. They just watched him. They were like, Oh yeah, this, this kid makes plays. Like that's what yeah. we want. And he committed like a day or two later. Like he was in from the very beginning and never really waffled after that. Um, and I think, you know, you're right. I think that the coaches loved him and they saw a role for him in this offense. Lincoln Riley is the perfect coach for that. And I think that that's, I think he's a guy that could really overachieve in this offense. For sure. Like we, we, I mean, we've talked about it already. He Lincoln likes gadget guys. Lincoln likes guys that he can line up in lots of different ways and never have to cha- change his personnel, but he can do a lot of stuff with them. I even think this isn't necessarily Darby, but I think about, you know, what they talked about with Gresham in 2008, where they could go heavy and then they could split them out wide and they never had to actually sub anybody. And it just put, you know, just put defenses in binds. Lincoln likes guys that he can be really flexible with his offense with, like that. And Darby can do a lot of things. Like like Henderson, he can do a lot of things. He can play running back. He played running back for his high school a lot. Um, he can play inside at receiver. He can, you know, there's just a lot you can do with them. Um, I th- again, I think the camp eval is important because they saw him live and they offered him on the spot. Um, yeah. I think he's one of Gundy's guys. He's someone that uh, Gundy really took a shine to. And mm-hmm. I, again, these are just, these are three star guys that the staff for whatever reason just kind of fell in love with. Um, 
and this has been the best offensive staff in the country for the last five years. So I just tend to lean toward them as they know what they're looking for, even if they don't, if the guys might not necessarily fit into the mold of what recruiting services generally want. And do they bat a hundred? No, or excuse me, a thousand. They might, <laughs> we would also don't want to bat a hundred either. <laughs> they absolutely but, don't bat. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely don't want batting a hundred, but, um, uh, they also, they hit, you know, they do pretty well for, for themselves. So uh, I, with Darby, I think he's, I don't think he's ever going to be like a thousand yard receiver, but I think he's going to be a guy that could certainly have a, you know, pretty fun role for four years. All right, let's, let's get on to Marvin Mims, who is the highest rated player out of all of these receivers. Uh, he's a four star you know, I mean, he's not particularly like, you know, he's definitely not in the Trajan Bridges right. realm. Like he's the number 247 player in the country. Um, I think he's a guy that rivals had underrated. I mean, I think that's a pretty big theme of this class. Like, I mean, I know it's going to sound like bias and it totally is. Yeah. Like, I'm not it's hiding that. past signing day. So these guys are now underrated. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I'm not hiding that fact at all. But like, I think. If you're looking at what Marvin Mims did in high school, it's pretty absurd. Yeah. Um, he's a it's guy. Unprecedented, literally unprecedented. Yeah, a national record for yards in a season. Um, and I, I know we we've talked about him before on here, um, but he is. I think he has a chance to be like an all-American type in this offense. I truly do. Like if he is like a slot receiver, I think he could be a game changer at that position that we have yeah. not had under Lincoln Riley. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's true. We haven't had an H receiver that has been the focal point of the offense. We um, had Sterling. When, but... Well, Sterling played the Y uh, oh, yeah, primarily, um, which is weird because his backup was Mark Andrews. And yeah, strange, that, but, yeah. <laughs> but um, so it's just been, you know, kind of a kind of of the four positions. The only one that hasn't had that guy, the X has had CD, the Z had Marquise Brown. The Y had Sterling, Mark Andrews. We haven't had like a dominant H. Um, so I think Marvin Mims makes a lot of sense. I think he could be a you know, multi-year starter. He's incredibly um, advanced as a route runner. He's not necessarily just you know a drop-dead speed guy. He's not necessarily the biggest guy on the field. He's just he's one of those guys. He, he kind of reminds me a little bit of maybe a slightly less talented Garrett Wilson from last year, um, just in just natural feel kind of ways. Um yeah. I, I think he'll play immediately this year. I think he'll be in the two deep, um, mm-hmm. and you know he'll maybe like a 200, 300 yard season, and then he'll just be a mainstay. You know, the rest of his time at OU, I, I expect him to play day one. Yeah, he's gonna be the guy that I'm bitching about Drake Stoops playing over this year. Absolutely, <laughs> that's, good, that's that just will gonna definitely be, happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Let's let's get let's get to the offensive line because. Oh, no, we have to get to the tight end because there is one in this class. There is. Um, super talented one, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jalen Conyers, uh, he is, you know, he's a four-star recruit from Groover, Texas, which I believe is 2A high school football. It is. Um, if you watch his high school highlights, he just dominated physically. He was by far the best athlete on the field anytime he yeah. stepped out there. Yeah. Um, kind of i mean it's not quite what ron l lewis was at doer but like it's (laughs) it's pretty impressive out there but like um i'm a little i i don't know like i i like him obviously as an athlete 
I kind of, I just kind of wish he was a defensive player. Like that's yeah. really my main thing with Conyers is that like, I like him at tight end and I think he's really athletic, but man, if he was an outside linebacker, I would like him even more. Yeah. I, I actually agree with that. Um, it's kind of the Drew Sanders thing, which is the spot that he took after Drew Sanders decommitted, um, where I can see why he could be a really good tight end. I can see where the excitement is there, but man, he, he's he's potentially special on the other side. And you know, I always prefer best the best athletes to be playing defense. Um, I think as a tight end, he kind of reminds me of. Uh, I think he'll be bigger, but maybe kind of an of a negative. I can't even talk of an Evan Ingram kind of guy. I don't think it'll be that fast, but just kind of a pure flex tight end. I don't think he'll be. He's not, you know, six six. He's not going to be two sixty, um, and be like a really heavy, you know, physical inline blocker kind of guy. I think he'll be able to do some of that, but I I, I think he'll be a lot more of the guy that catches, you know, passes over the middle, and you know, he's able to outrun safeties or you know, have corners kind of take him for a ride, that kind of thing. I, I just think that's kind of the role he'll play. Um, right. I think he's a very good athlete. I think it's going to take some time for him because it's a huge jump from the level that he came yeah. from. Yeah. Um, I'm watching his, I'm watching his huddle again, yeah. just for fun. And let me tell you, it's the As most useless do. huddle I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, it's, and I, it's not, it's not hyperbole. If you, I remember whenever he was tweeting out photos of, you know, uniform day or whatever at his high school and the kids that he was like taking pictures with, he just doubled their size. It was crazy. Um, it's just going to be a massive leap and it's not saying that he can't do it. It's just going to be, it's going to take him time both physically uh, to gain weight and also just kind of mentally to get used to playing with guys that are close to his size because he just yeah. hasn't done it. Because um, I'm, I'm, God, I just can't get over this huddle film. On yeah. offense, if he's not taking the snap directly, he's catching a bubble screen and running it the yeah. the distance. Like, um, and then on defense, he's just kind of having fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sometimes he's playing outside linebacker. Sometimes he's like playing free safety. Yeah, he's just it's it's unfair. Like, he's so obviously the best player and best athlete on the field that he can kind of do whatever he wants. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just going to be really interesting to see kind of how he evolves. I think I wouldn't be surprised if he red shirts this year, um, if they can, if they can get away with it. Um, yeah. They brought in that grad transfer from Marshall and I think yeah. that'll, that'll make sh- Yeah. I think he'll be able to red shirt because of that. Former cowboy go pokes. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think that's a, that's good news for Conyers. I think he'd benefit a lot from just getting into the weight room and trying to gain weight and just not trying to rush it because I mean, maybe he's talented enough, but I think it's best for him, you know, long-term if he red shirts and uh, tries to be Stoddard's backup in 21. Yep. Agreed. All right. Offensive line. Um, Hell yeah. I mean, I, do it. I think this is probably the strongest position group in the entire class. For sure. Um, and I want to start out like, Nathan, can I get, if you were to rank these guys in order, how would you rank them? Like, not, not position-wise, but just like yeah. each, you know, out of the five, like how would you out am of... I, am I ranking them on potential or am I ranking them on like how good I actually think they're going to be? 
how good they're going to be. Like, you know, okay. I think there's a, you know, you've got to play the percentages on how likely you think it is a guy becomes his potential. Okay. Okay. Um, so number one, I think Andrew Rame for sure. Um, okay. Andrew Rame. Am I am I getting into why or are we doing that later? We'll do that in a bit. We'll do okay. that in a minute. Number one, I'm just doing this off the cuff, so I might change. If you ask me tomorrow, I might change it. Um, Andrew Rain, number one. I think I'm actually going to go uh, Anton Harrison at number two. Oh wow. Okay. Um, number three, Nate Anderson. Okay. Number four, Aaron Parks. Number five, Noah Nelson. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think I, I mean, I, I think Nate Anderson's my number one guy. I love that kid. Like my I only just, concern with Anderson is just size. Can he gain the weight? If he can, yeah. gain, if he can be three Oh five and keep the feet, I'm right there yeah. with you. He's, he's going to be unbelievable. Um, but yeah, Rame is definitely the safest bet. Let's start with Rame. Uh, he's the number one player in the state of Oklahoma, um, from broken arrow high school, four star. Um, I think incredibly undervalued in the national rankings absurdly he's well, at 227 by, by rivals right 247 right. has him appropriately rated but rivals it's it's buffoonery how low they have him yeah um just probably i mean we're talking just a technically sound kid like he's a guy that i think he can play center guard maybe even right tackle um mm-hmm, for sure he's just really freaking good like and if you watch his film yeah. like he just dominated guys in high school like you should at this yeah. level mm-hmm. um and i think he's a guy that you know maybe he comes in and is creed humphrey's backup or he finds a backup role at guard like i i think he's a guy that could play as a freshman mm-hmm. and that's saying a lot because there's a lot in front of him um right in terms of talent but i think i don't think that's out of the realm of possibility the most likely scenario is that he just plays four games in red shirts like i'm not going to argue that but i think out of all of these guys i think he's the only one that will possibly would possibly be able to get in into a role this season yes i i think i would agree with you um with rame i i think he will end up at center um maybe like right guard or left maybe right guard but i think there's a decent chance that he will be kind of creed to understudy this year and then might assume that role next year. You know, he might battle EJ and Demogar for that, but I think that's kind of where he makes the most sense in my head. Um, but I think he, like you said, he can play basically to me four positions out of the five. He's Bill Biedenbow said he was as a freshman, maybe the most impressive freshman he'd ever seen or one of um, on the offensive line. And he never really disappointed he was always just incredibly dominant at you know the highest level of oklahoma football in high school um he's super well coached he's very advanced he you know i mean i i, I just think if it, i would say almost in this class he is my surest bet as being a good player yeah um, i'm just very very confident in him being a good player which again makes the rivals criticism of him being like um raw which is a word they use just make head scratching but um yeah it's just wrong yeah it's just wrong wrong. it's lazy but um i mean i i'm just real i i'm I'm kind of i'm bullish on it i I really think he's going to be a really good player um and i think no matter where he ends up he can just do a lot um 
cool. I, and I think let's, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm waxing. I'm, I'm going too long. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Let's 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 get to Nate Anderson because I I'm a huge Nate Anderson fan. Yeah, tell um, me about him. He's probably the most athletic offensive tackle OU has ever signed. I'm just gonna go ever? ahead and I mean within the last <laughs> ten years. I'm okay, will, maybe since Trent Williams is probably. Where That's I'm good. Ready to say. That's where I was at. Like <laughs> Trent Williams, yeah, Jamal Brown, Lane like, Johnson, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Lane Johnson, kinda. Does Lane um, Johnson even count? Because he signed him as a tight end. So yeah, he played. He signed him as tight end, played defensive end, and then yeah. finally found a home. But Nate Anderson, my only concern with him is just his size. Like I think he measured in more at like six three and a half. Yeah, he's you know, like they got him list. He got him yeah. listed at six five two sixty on Rivals, like. I think if he were actually that big, you're looking at a guy that would have been like borderline five star if he yeah, had the size. Sure. But I I think that in this offense, you can make it work if you have the feet. Like Bobby Evans wasn't particularly tall. Right. He's um, six four ish. So. Yeah. And he's going to be on that GT counter. He's going to mm-hmm. murder people. Like For he sure. is the perfect tackle to play the counter in this offense. And yeah. I could not be more excited about him. Like I think. If he is able to play at 295 to 305, he's going to be all Big 12 and an NFL guy. For sure. Like, if you want to pull up Huddle, Ryan, like, that's a huddle that's fun to watch. Just <laughs> the, the feet on that. On, he's really impressive. Um, he was a tight end before he transitioned into offensive tackle as a junior. And that was his first year as playing the offensive tackle. And it just I remember when I first watched him, I was kind of skeptical because I saw the measurables and um, he was kind of unknown at the time. And I just remember being kind of blown away by how quick his feet were and how athletic he was. Um, so I'm right there with you. I, I think my concern with him is, like you said, he's about six, three and a half. He's not quite what he's listed at height wise. He's kind of narrow shouldered to me. So I'm a little concerned about if he's going to actually, you know, pack on 40 pounds. Um, but if he can, and if he can maintain the athleticism, I think you, I think he nailed it, Alex. I think he's extremely athletic and on that pulling guard or tackle, wherever he winds up, I think he's just going to be deadly at that because we haven't had a guy with the exception of maybe Bobby that can move that well. Um, and he, right. I think he moves better than Bobby. So, um, yeah, I think so it's too. just going to be really fun to watch. And- Oh, if he yeah. doesn't necessarily get as big as we're talking, I do think he could play center. Um, yeah. And I mean, it's, you know, he's obviously not a Creed Humphrey type, but he could be like a Gabe Eichard type center. Yeah. Uh, but just more athletic. There are three uh, guys in this class that I think can play like four spots on the line. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nate Anderson could play all five, in my opinion. Yeah. That's, like, yeah. And I think that's fair. Um, let's move on to. Let's go to Anton Harrison since you're pretty high on him. Uh, yeah, mainly because he's an ass and it's really fun. So yeah, he's uh, he like has the, <laughs> he's he the has the bill guy. Bean, though. Yeah, <laughs> just an asshole in his huddle where he just wants to embarrass people and he's yeah. he's humongous. Like he's six five, three thirty. Like yeah. he's a big dude. He's like the one guy that you're like, yeah, no questions about his size. Like there's yeah. he's, he's he's got good. it he's there. Big. He has the mentality. And yeah. um, he he comes from the DMV area, so typically what's kind of the uh, the traits of guys that come out of there is they're not quite as physically developed because high school football just isn't quite 
as big. There's not as much money in the high school weight programs and whatnot. So he has a lot of growing or uh, maturation that he can still do, uh, most likely. Yeah. Um, so I think once he gets in the college weight, weight program, he's just going to take even bigger gains. Uh, I think there's a very strong chance that he is the right tackle for three years once Adrian Ely is gone. Um, wow. in, in two years, I, I, I just I really like him. I think, you know, I just see a lot of potential with him. Like you said, he has really good size. He moves pretty. He moves well for his size. He's a dick, and it's hilarious to watch, especially with uh, that part of the country just kind of burying guys. Um, I just think he has a lot of potential. Uh, and what's kind of cool is that he's a fairly quiet guy, but he's like actively recruiting Caleb Williams, which is just endears mm-hmm. him even more. Yeah. Yeah, him and the let's go on to Aaron Parks. They're both from that area, and you know that area is starting to pay huge dividends. And if we can get a five-star quarterback there, like it's even going to open it up more. For sure. Um, like, I mean, I really want Monkel Goodwine, but we can <laughs> we don't have to talk about him right now. Uh, yep. So Aaron Parks, to me, if you're looking for, I mean, I think him and Rame. I think he's the closest thing to a sure thing other than Rame. Like, I think he's going to be a good player. I think he could play anywhere on the offensive line. He's the highest rated out of all of them. He's top 100 kid. You know, yeah, I think he's rivals might have been favorite. the highest rated player. He is the highest rated player in the class. Um, like, I, I like him a lot. Like, I, I think I have these other guys ahead of him. Um, mm-hmm. I think I probably have him over Harrison. But I think Raym and, and uh, Anderson are probably ahead of him for me. But, like... Pretty technically sound. Like he's, you know, he did really well in the camp circuit, which is why he's rated so highly. Um, and he's super versatile. Like he's, you know, if Rain's not your center in a couple years, it might be because Parks is. Mm-hmm. So like I think he's got a lot of things to work with, and you know, he's he's a really he's a big name up in the that area. He's helping us recruit Travion Henderson and Monkel Goodwine. Like I think that there's, you know, he's a really valuable part of this class. Yeah, yeah. Um, with him, I just I don't have him. I would agree. I don't, I don't have him. Or I think I already said I have him at number four. And it's not. I want to be clear. I like all of the offensive line. I don't think they signed a bad or even a truly questionable offensive lineman this year. I think. I mean, there. I think it's probably on paper at least uh, Meadenbow's best class, and I also think it's probably his most well-rounded class. Um, Aaron Parks, I think he could play multiple spots. I think he'll end up in the interior. I think he'll either be like a left guard or a center. Um, Right, potentially. Uh, But I think with him, I think he needs a lot more. I think he's one of the guys that needs more um, strength and conditioning. Again, it's kind of indicative of that that part of the country that guys just aren't typically as further developed, especially the big guys. Yeah. Um, I think he's going to probably take two years, three years to really get kind of settled. Um, but yeah, yeah I kind of think of him as the Tyrese Robinson of this class. Yeah. I like think he's the guy that fair. like, Oh, you have an injury in a couple of years at a position. He might be the guy that slides out to tackle, you know, yeah. like he just is probably the most versatile yeah, player I can see that for sure. So, um, and he seems real like, he seems like he's, you know, pretty technically sound for his age. You know, he's not super physically developed, but from a technique standpoint, I think he's 
clo- he's yeah. definitely closer than Harrison in that regard. Absolutely. I would agree. Um, and then finally, Noah Nelson. This guy is just really freaking tall. And if you look <laughs> at him on the roster, like he's listed at 299 pounds already, which was pretty much mm-hmm. the question mark was how much does he weigh? Because he looks like a basketball player. Yeah. I think um, he's going to be 330 and he's still going to look kind of thin. Yeah. Like he's just that kind of guy. Super long, super long arms. He's just yeah. a long limbed human being. But um, here, here's the thing about Noah Nelson. And I think we talked about it slightly uh, last time is there's a video out on Sooner Sports where Bill Bindo is talking about him and just about how, how he bends like crazy uh, <laughs> relative to how tall he is, like how low he can get into his set and everything. Like if you think about whenever you watched Orlando Brown, for example, at left tackle, how he was very upright, Noah Nelson is going to look like he's like in a squat um, comparatively. Um, so I think athleticism is really high for him. I think it's just strength. To me, the biggest thing for him will be strength. Can he um, handle guys that can get inside of his arms um, because I think with he's like he's like you mentioned he has really long arms he can move pretty well he ha- he bends really well at the knee uh, I, I, I my main concern with him is just strength um, I actually really like Noah Nelson I think he's a little underrated he's still my number five but again that just shows how uh, how much I liked the class so I think he's probably the left tackle of the of the group um, and I what I think is good for him, and as I think he's going to have time to develop because he'll potentially, he'll certainly have either Swinson or uh, Stacy Wilkins ahead of him this year, and then potentially Wilkins again for another year or two or three uh, moving forward. Cool. So that that's the offensive class that OU signed. I don't think I forgot anybody. Um, let's move over to defense, and I think that you know this is maybe the more interesting side of the ball. Um, yeah, I would agree. Starting up front, you know, the, yeah, the offensive side, it, like they did a very competent job of filling needs and mm-hmm. it was not an explosive year. They caught some bad breaks, especially at receiver. Um, and, yeah, Mc, you know, Jalen McMillan, not, uh, his mom yeah. not wanting him to go very far away from home just kind of hurt my soul because yeah. he was such a good uh Bit and he would have been really fun. So, but yeah. alas, yeah. But I mean, it's still a solid class. We filled needs. We we hired. Yeah. We or we hired. Uh, we recruited a bunch of versatile players, which will be fun to watch. So, and if you're um, gonna recruit well, do it on the Lions, which is what they right. Did, so absolutely. All right, let's go over to defense. Um, let's start with the defensive line. The first guy I want to talk about is Noah Arenze. Um, this is a guy that is, he's listed at like six, five two forty, Um, mm-hmm. and he might actually even be taller than that. Like he's a really <laughs> long kid. Um, and I think that this is, if you're looking at what Alex Grinch wants in a defensive lineman, I think Noah Arenze physically fits that mold to a T like he's just mm-hmm. really tall. He's really long. He's really athletic. Um, he does, he barely knows how to play football. Like, I mean, not a technically sound kid did not go to a particularly good high school. No, he went to a pretty shitty high school. (laughs) Like he won like one game. So yeah, actually I think they were a little better senior year, but like until then they were terrible. So yeah. So he's a guy that like, 
they're banking on coming in and developing really well. Um, mm-hmm, sure. I think he's a guy. I think he could grow into being like a three tech tackle. Like I think he has a frame that could support that. Um, I think he'll start as more of a defensive end. But if he grows into, you know, shit, if he gets up to two sixty, like he might be a three tech. You know, so yeah, that kind knows. of. I'd be surprised if he didn't make it to 260. Um, yeah, no, same. Because he's a big guy. Uh, so with him, I I really like Arinze just from a like a potential standpoint. I think he's super raw, um, and he'll almost certainly not play this year, at least as far as like burning his red shirt. Um, he like you said, he has great. He's really really long. I, what I liked about him is that he seemed to. Like he had seemed like he had a pretty good motor. I I kind of expected like a guy that you know has a lot of tools, but he doesn't play very hard because he plays for a bad team. I didn't really see that. I thought he played pretty. I mean, it's hard to really gauge from a huddle highlight tape, but he he made he had some effort plays on on his tape, so that makes me a little hopeful. Um, I think it's going to be a couple years. I think he's a good eval. I think I've read that Grinch was really uh, bullish on him, was someone that he that Grinch really zeroed in on. Um, but I think it's going to be kind of a let's check back in two years and see where he is kind of guy. Yeah, I'm usually pretty – like I, I don't like labeling guys as like, oh, I think he'll probably redshirt because I've, there's just been so many guys play as freshmen. But I truly like he truly is that guy. Like he yeah. is comes in red shirts for a year, yeah. and like you said, you check back with him in a couple years to see and how he's progressing. With him, it's like especially if Perkins can play a lot, um, if he's not suspended for you know half the year, um, mm-hmm. he has several guys ahead of him, so he can afford to do that. Um, it's not like right. he'll be pressed into uh, playing before he's ready. You know, yeah. hopefully so. Absolutely. Um, all right, let's move on to let's go to Reggie Grimes. Um, probably, I mean, he's the highest rated guy from a high school standpoint and one of the bigger gets on the entire defensive side of the ball. Um, pretty interesting kid in terms of the way his trajectory has been from a ranking standpoint. Like he started as like a borderline five-star kid. And like, I'm looking at his ranking history on rivals. He peaked as the number 20 overall player in the country. And he ended as the number 142 player. And he just moved down in every update that they had after he got to 20. Um, I do want to just go ahead and call bullshit on him falling after the all American games, because by all accounts, he performed well at both All-American games that he went to, and they still just found ways to move him down pretty substantially. Um, so I think that that's just another miss. I mean, theme of the class. But, you know, he moved after after the All-American games, he moved from 73 to 142. Like, yeah, don't really yeah, get I, it. I think there is some, uh, some narrative baked into that. So yeah. with Grimes... I think he is kind of the opposite, at least, is what I was just talking about with Arenze of, like, I think he is the guy that's super um, just raw talent that you can see immediately on screen whenever you watch him. I think the main concern with him is he just doesn't always play to that level. Um, but I think I'm going to try and buy into the All-America all, all, all American game hype here a little bit. Um, 
I, I read some things and I saw some things that made me hopeful uh, that he wasn't just kind of loafing uh, moving forward uh, toward the end of the year where he was talking about wanting to go to Oklahoma to kind of be one of the guys to help change the defensive culture. And he wants to be, you know, that, and he had good practices and games at the all America games. And there's some things to be a little bit um, uh, positive about. He is an Alabama legacy. Um, his dad played at Alabama and he, uh, I think it's, I don't think there's any secret that if Alabama would have taken him, he would have gone to Alabama, but they did not have room for him. They went elsewhere. And uh, that's mainly because they had a guy that ended up being like a, the number six player or something like that um, at that same spot. So they had someone that was probably legitimately better as of now. But I think he's a guy that will probably play his freshman year, um, especially if he buys in and if he can kind of elevate to that you know, consistency level. Um, and, if, and if you can kind of hit on him, I mean, he's a guy that legitimately – there aren't a lot of guys that um, from an athletic standpoint that have been at that first round level and that have been coming in recently. But I think if, you know, if everything kind of checks out and if he um, can play at the level of talent that he has, I think he's at that level because he's six, four, six, five, and can run like legitimately run like 200 meters run. Um, and I think he just, um, he can provide a lot of pass rush that, you know, we just haven't always seen at a consistent state. So, yeah, I don't know. I think there's a lot of potential with him. Um, it's just all about realizing it. I mean, it's just it's a, to me, it's as simple as that. If he realizes his potential, he's a first round pick. Yeah, like he has he has that potential. Like he is yeah. this year's he's this year's Marcus Stripling, except for he's more talented than Marcus Stripling. <laughs> yeah, I, and I yeah. really like Marcus Stripling. Like yeah, he's more that's... talented than that. Like he is like nothing holding him back other than just himself. Like if he comes in and develops yeah. the way he should, first round pick. And honestly, I feel more comfortable with him um, coming into the coming into like his career at OU as far as like, yeah, I think he's going to take it seriously. Like I didn't know what to think about Stripling because – yeah. I, I just didn't know, but I feel like I've seen things from Grimes that makes me kind of buy into it more. So we'll see. I agree. All right, let's move on to defensive tackle. Uh, we already kind of mentioned him in the roster breakdown, but Perrion Winfrey, um, I think arguably the most important get of the entire class. Like he is the guy mm-hmm. that if he hits this season, which we need him to, he's a junior college kid, um, then he changes the ceiling of this team. Like, mm-hmm. there's no doubt about it. Like, yeah. I know uh, Nathan's been talking about a while for, you know, his perfect scenario for how next season goes. Yeah. And that always includes Perry on Winfrey being Perry on Winfrey. Like, he's yeah. got to be the guy that he's rated to be. Um, he was the number one player in Juco for most of the year, but he got moved down to number six at the end, uh, which I, I think that might have been valid because he had an interesting year at his yeah. Juco this season. I wasn't too uh, too mad about it. Um, I could understand right. their reasoning. Yeah, but he's I mean he's a guy that gets after the quarterback. You know, we talked about he's only at 283 right now. Like, he gets after the quarterback, and I think that... But he's like a skinny has, 283. Like, he doesn't yeah. 
Absolutely. <laughs> he, he has the potential to get up to 300 pounds in, yeah. in, a, in a year or so. Maybe and like be, rocked up. And like, be the total package, you know. Yeah. And I think that if that happens, then he is theoretically the the ideal fit at that position for, for a guy like Alex Grinch. Yeah, like I think you just, talk, you just said it with Grimes. Like if he – if Winfrey is also a guy that if he comes in and he plays to like talent level – He's a first round pick like and that that's two guys that I think kind of make or break, frankly, this defensive class in a lot of ways. Um, mm-hmm. There's just a lot riding on them. I'm kind of realizing that um, OU still kind of in the state of taking chances a little bit. But these are more calculated chances. These aren't the just kind of, you know, Hail Mary kind of chances that we were taking in like 2014 with some right. guys um, uh, with he, you, you mentioned it with his Juco uh, experience where he there's just like a month in the middle of the season where he just didn't play and there's like no explanation about it. Um, I I will say I, I'm a, I was very concerned that he wasn't going to get to be qualified for spring and it was just going to be this whole drawn out thing. But he is qualified. He's in Norman. Um so I'm hoping that once now that he's in around a more structured environment, uh, that he has to kind of invest more. That he's not the just most obviously talented guy on the roster. Uh, that that will help him, and that will be kind of something that maybe makes that light bulb go off. Um, it's hard to say, but yeah, I 100% agree. He's the ideal nose tackle from like a body type. Um, perspective that i think grinch is looking for which is still weird to me i i i mentioned it earlier i had to like recalibrate my brain for like everything i've ever thought about like a nose tackle um but i think that's what he's looking for i'm curious i think i think he's obviously going to i'm almost certain outside of like injuries he's going to play a lot this year um i think there's a chance that like next year he could, you know, with a full year of like gaining weight and everything, he could really blow up. But I'm really yeah. curious to see kind of what he looks like this year and just see kind of the athleticism and how much that flashes. Sure. Um, so, and I apologize to Ryan for not giving him. I mean, yeah, you I'm can talking, jump well, in. I'm talking way too much. Whenever. I, I'm letting you guys, I'm letting you yeah. guys go because uh, and we're, we're already at an hour 15. So yeah. Yeah, I'm just I'll trying to like not make this <laughs> last forever. Yeah, um, sorry, just, let's get to need a timer like an air horn <laughs> right <laughs> shut up nathan air horn let's get to let's get to josh ellison um he's a, also a junior college guy um defensive tackle from blinn community college um he we got on him relatively late in the process like i think it was like the last month that we kind of jumped yeah. in on him and he decommitted he was, from a&m and it was like ooh, right this option so yeah and i'm interested in him but i'm not like over the moon about him like i this i think this, this is a solid role player as i yeah. might call it <laughs> like what, what would be hilarious is like if josh ellison became like the breakout guy of this class because mm-hmm. i just look at him as like he'll be nice depth like he'll be the right. uh, marquise overton potentially like not maybe positionally but just like that kind of uh, value kind of guy if Hopefully. he plays like Marquise Overton did this past season, then I'm more than happy with that. Yeah, like that's, I agree. That's what we need. So, um, 
Not a lot. I, I do like if you watch his highlights, he is a guy that played a significantly like different role at his Juco yeah, than he, he was like at OU. End. He was yeah. like a legit 4-3 defensive end. That's not where he's going to play at OU. He's going to nope. play inside. So maybe that just causes him to have a, a bunch of advantages and he blows mm-hmm. up. Yeah, I think he's pretty quick, uh, which I wasn't really expecting, actually, when I saw him. Because like, if you look at his, like the way he's built, like I thought he was going to be kind of like a plug. Um, but he's pretty quick sight laterally. Uh, I think they'll probably play him. You know, kind of bounce between that defensive tackle, nose tackle spots. I think he'll, you know, rotate in, keep guys fresh at nose, and then kind of split out some whenever they need to go heavier, this, that kind of stuff. I I don't expect, you know, All-Americans or anything with him, but I think, if nothing else, he's a four for three, which is exciting. So you get quite a lot of of time with him. And it's just, you know, very important depth because they were very thin at that spot. He... He essentially replaces the debacle that was Derek Green. And he's more talented than Derek Green, so yeah. it works out. It's, yeah, it's who it's the kind of guy we should have gotten at that position in the first place. And yep. Yep, yep, yep. Here we are. So, all right, let's move on to linebacker. Um, and we'll start with my biggest question mark of the entire class. Like, yeah. if there's Walker. one guy in this class that I just don't see it with, it's Brendan Walker. And I agree. Alex Grinch is incredibly high on him. Like he loves Brendan Walker. He was the kind of and you know why voice. You know the what, word why? he used because of to like justify why he was so high on Brendan Walker. What's that? Multiple. That powerful. Multiple. What a powerful word. Uh, as soon as I heard it, I just cringed. <laughs> I, I still have yeah. To yeah, I have no idea. I don't know where he's gonna play. I, I mean, maybe he's a Mike, maybe he's a defensive end, maybe he's a rush, like, no clue. To me, he is a, I, I think I've said, I, actually, I know I've said this before, he is a more athletic P.L. Lindley, and I'm not very, uh, I mean. I had a class with P.L. Lindley my freshman year. Seems like English. a super nice guy. Like, yeah. I, everything I've heard about him, it's like a good person, not that awesome of a football player, but he, I mean, better than me, so, I mean, <laughs> so. Yeah. I, um, I, I'm hopeful, like you said, Grinch likes him. Um, Grinch has been, you know, I, he's, I've liked almost all of his emails, frankly. I, so, um, I'll, I'll give him a trust, a trust card on one of them <laughs> because yeah. I don't quite see, I think he's kind of a weird fit. Um, I think it's a very Mike Stoops offer, frankly, but yeah, you know, I we'll agree see. straight up. This is like the one Mike Stoops offer in the class. Um, all right. Shane Witter. Because I know Nathan is the was a massive Shane Witter fan. <laughs> I was skeptical at first, and he has done nothing but change my mind since then. Like, yeah. you, know, you you watch his testing numbers; he's running in the four fives, like the low four fives at his side. immediately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so here's the thing: like Shane Witter is like six foot two twenty, but he runs like legit four five. Like you just said, four five levels. He's super fast. Um, Everything I've ever read about him and everything I can like watch, like I, I noticed on his huddle, is like very high football IQ. His like every coach that I've read, you know, talking about him has talked about that. He's kind of a quiet guy, so I don't think he kind of um, he's a little bit Travon West in that he just he committed to Wake Forest super early, and they just was just silent. <laughs> so yeah. no one really knew who he was. 
and then OU offered him and kind of got on him and was able to flip him, and then he just kind of uh, spiked in the ratings once people kind of noticed who this kid was. Uh, I just yep. think it's a really good evaluation. Except in Rivals, Brian Odom. because yeah, Rivals is stupid. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I think it's just a really good eval, frankly, with uh, Brian Odom. Um, I, I really like what Brian Odom has been doing. Uh, yeah. Inside linebacker um, about evaluations, it's like a it's like an amazing breath of fresh air, honestly. Um, yeah. But... To me, Shane Witter is like he's going to be in the rotation this year, in my opinion. Um, yeah. I think he's going to be the backup middle a, linebacker. I think he'll play a shit ton of special teams. Um, oh yeah. I don't think it's impossible. Like, don't I'm not making this prediction. I don't think it's impossible that Shane Witter is the starter at some point this year. Wow. Um, and the only, like, I mean, I'm just saying, like, the sample size of Caleb Kelly being good is relatively small. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think it's impossible that Caleb Kelly yeah. doesn't have an amazing year. I mean, I didn't see anything game-changing from Deshaun White this year. I expect improvement from all those guys. Like, I don't yeah. think this will White happen. White was only a true sophomore, so it's hard to really right. know. Right. But... But Witter has. I some, like SMO a lot too. But yeah, I do too. Ahead. Witter has, I think, better. Other than maybe Deshaun White, I think Witter might be the best just football player, like high school football player, uh-huh. um, out of any of those guys. Like Caleb Kelly was the five star that was really athletic. He had the frame, he had the, the potential. Yeah. Um, but I think as far as just physically playing the linebacker position. I think Shane Witter might be the best player out of all of those guys. Yeah, I can. I, I don't disagree. Any, again, I, I've said it multiple times, but it's he's in for the spring, so he has a he has a jump on people. I think, like you said, I don't think he's going to redshirt. I think he's going to play quite a lot, um, especially on special teams. I think he's going to kind of rotate in. Um, he's going to certainly play in blowouts and things like that. I think he's going to play. So. Um, I think he'll probably, to me, he's a Mike. It'll be, I'll be interested to see kind of how that shakes out because I think they have a whole lot of wills and no mics. So <laughs> it'll be interesting to see who actually plays there. But um, yeah, I, I'm a big Shane Witter fan. So I'm pretty, he's up there. He's not quite in the ring category, but I would put him like in that next tier of guys I'm most confident in as being good players in this class. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Um, I just wanted to make a real quick point about Perrion Winfrey. Um, he uh, is joining Ronnie Perkins as another single-digit defensive lineman, which is just yes. awesome. I'm a huge what, fan what, of that. I actually yeah. have not seen that. What number is he going to be? He's number eight. Nice. Yeah, Seven and eight good. right next to each other. I just that's realized something we have not discussed that needs discussion now that we're a linebacker. Is David Aguebu going to be a freaking Mike now? Are they trying that out? Like, uh, really? There's r- rumors. I don't. I just have a hard time of actually believing them. <laughs> I think it seems it's, insane. I think it's just, I think it's just springtime, springtime tinkering. I think that's <laughs> what's going on. Um, yeah. I, I don't see it because he's just I mean, a weird body type for that. Um, I'm not against having a six foot four, 245 pound Mike if yeah. he's athletic. Like, I think he's athletic enough to do it. Um, yeah. It's just weird. Because like he, he looks so good at times last year on the yeah. edge. Be like, like, why but, give that up? It's like Bernard McKinney uh, suiting up at like the super tall middle linebacker. 
Yeah. Uh, the, the guy that I can Ed, Edmonds that was out of came out of Virginia Tech a few years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, just yeah. I don't know. It, it's it'd be weird to me. Um, but you know, may, they, Benito was pretty good. They get John Michael Terry back, so why not? You know, play around with things. Dude, is this is this uh is it time for some Joseph Wete hype? Are they high on Joseph Wete? I mean, how could you it's not high. be? It's, <laughs> it's possible. Uh, just if, if you follow Joseph Wete on Instagram, I don't think you'll come away feeling really good about his football prospects <laughs> because uh, I've never seen a football related uh Instagram he, post from him. He's very he tweets about football, so does he? Okay. Yeah. All right, maybe he, just, he was also tweeting about Shawshank Redemption the other day, so he's 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 multi-interested. Interesting, um, <laughs> interesting kid. Yeah, interesting kid. Sure. Um, I think he's a. I think he rooms with Reed Reed Lindsay, who. Oh yeah. Connection to the pod there. Um, so all right, let's move on. Let's get to the defensive back class. Um, Here we go. This is. This is an interesting, interesting class. And at the end, I want to I want to talk about this in full. But the defensive class, the defensive back class was just stink bitten this year. Like amazingly just could not catch a freaking break. Mm-hmm. Um, it was Roy Manning's first year as I mean, it's only the second year ever coaching corners. And, you know, Alex Grinch's first year in, at OU. So it was like a position group that you would understand if it isn't great but it was so close to being incredibly good and it wound up just being like pretty, pretty good. good yeah yeah and i still like the class like to be honest oh, I, I think it's really good like i i For like year one like i I'm, i can't be that disappointed in it no. but like you said they they were so close and that's really the the theme of the whole year is they finished second on so many guys yeah, I want to um, they... talk about all of that at the end. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. We'll, we'll go through there because I have a list of guys that I think that yeah, it's we gonna be are so close to having. Um, all right, so the first guy I want to talk about is Kendall Dennis. Um, he's a three-star. Yeah, he's yeah. from Lakeland, Florida. I I love this kid. I think he's um, he's not Dante Manning. You know, we're kind of jumping that. He's not quite Dante Manning, but I think he is a good – he's like a good B Dante Manning. Like, yeah. He's, he's like a, a poor man's Dante sure. Manning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he I was – go ahead. I, I th- well, I was just going to – I'm sorry. I, I was going to say he was like, you know, the 11th hour from being like a legitimate take to, for Clemson. Um, he, he had, you know – and so he had, you know, quite a bit of – late notoriety, late push. Um, I know you just w- was fortunate that other schools kind of didn't quite have the space. Um, I, I really like him. I think he's got really good ball skills. He's pretty, he's got really good speed. He just doesn't quite have the size that, you know, but I also don't think it's like, he's not small. He's not like Dakota Austin. So he's like five eleven and he's fast. Yeah. That, really fast. Grinch wants length and he wants speed. And if you don't have length, then you better damn have your you better have some damn speed. So <laughs> um, he's got at least one of those things, and I think he's you know big enough. So um, he's fun. His huddle, Ryan, also <laughs> this is a guy that also has fun huddle. So oh yeah, oh yeah. yep. 
All right, so let's uh, let's move on. Let's go over to uh, uh, Joshua Eaton, the other cornerback okay. in the class, the other true corner in the class. This is, you know, just physically, this is the Alex Grinch prototype. This yeah. he's six foot two, 185 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. This is he's. This is a guy that Nathan's gonna say she's probably gonna redshirt. I'm not he, as convinced. Yeah, he will. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I have I you seen him? Play. His arms I, are okay. <laughs> he, he's small, like he's skinny, but like, <laughs> I a, mean, if you've got a guy stick. at six two that can move like he does, like, who's to say he doesn't come in and just pick things up quickly and you just have yeah. To, I think of the two, honestly, I I would expect Dennis to play before I th- would eat. I agree. But, um, I agree. Yeah, I just I think Eaton's just going to need some like a year to get stronger. But like you said, he's the dude. His arms go down to his knees, and he's six two. He's so long, and uh, he's one of those guys. Like if he actually pans out, like. High high round draft pick. I won't say first, but high round draft pick. He has that level of athleticism. He has that level of uh, frame. So he's the guy that you see at like LSU, where you want you just look at their defensive backs. It's like our guys just don't look like that. Well, this is one of the guys that might get us to looking like that um, off the hook. So yep, uh, he. And I remember whenever we initially offered him, and I just assumed he was going to Texas or to A and M. And I was just kind of yeah, annoyed same. by it because I really liked his junior huddle. I um, know you just kind of, he, de- he was a Texas commit. He decommitted from Texas and know you just kind of stayed with them and was able to, to get uh, to land him. So I'm pretty excited about him. I think, I think he will redshirt. I, he caught me. I, I, I do think he will redshirt, but um, if he played, I guess I wouldn't be that shocked because we don't have a ton of corner death, but I don't right. think that it's in his best interest. <laughs> so, yeah, that's See. probably fair. That's probably fair. He'd probably be best suited to redshirt and develop from just a football standpoint. Yep, yep. It would be nice for him. Uh, all right, let's get on to Justin Harrington. He is a junior college guy. Um, we don't really know where this kid's going to play. He's listed at 6'3", 210 yeah. pounds. It is a huge bummer that he's not in for the spring like he was mm-hmm. supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Hopefully there's not anything more than just he'll be here in the summer and it's going to yeah. be fine. I read you always like a get nervous okay. with Juco guys. Yeah, I read he's like, I got to take one more course. And so with that, it's this one more course become one more course after that become, you know, do the courses right. beget one another. So, yeah. We'll yeah. Um, I like him okay. a lot, though. He's aw- like, this kid is awesome. And he was, yeah. he was not a, he was not highly rated really until OU offered him. That's like, the thing. Again, we we've mentioned it, and I I know some of it is um, homerism, but I think a lot of it I I truly think a lot of it isn't. Like I really like a lot of what their offers are. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sold on the, just the, the pure size on the defensive line. We talked about that, but as far as like players, I see a lot of what they're going for. Um, Harrington's like like you said, he's like six two, six three. He's like a natural center fielder. He's really athletic. He like hits the, he's a really hard hitter like i he like as soon as they got in on him he just shot up to 24/7's juco rankings he just almost overnight became the number one safety for juco um yeah so like 24/7 at least is kind of recognizing what they're doing also and uh 
So I think it's just another really good evaluation. If he can get in, I think he'll play immediately. I think he'll either be a be a nickel or he'll he might you know take over Pat. He might kick Pat Fields to the curb potentially. We'll see. Yeah, he's the guy. Like he's a guy that I thought if he's in for the spring, he will start next year. Yeah. Um, now I think that 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 will take him some time. Like it's obviously not out of the question, but yeah, um, he could play. A uh, couple more. Uh, Devon Graham out of Keller, Texas. This is a guy that I just extremely annoyed by um, his ranking because he was a four star literally all season, and yeah, then they nothing <laughs> nothing changed, and then they dropped him to a three star. Yeah, so they have a quota. Like they can't. Yeah. Oh, he did. He didn't go to an all-star game. Okay, drop you. Like. Yeah. I don't get it. They so. received zero new information about him, and they dropped him to a three-star. So that's yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do we feel about Davon Graham? I think he's, you know, the the earlier views as as unreliable as those are. Like they've been good. He's in for the spring. Yeah. He's a guy that was always. You know, I thought he was. We, I thought we had him as a receiver for a long time, and then they wound up playing him at defensive, putting him, putting yeah. him a defensive back. Like, I, I think, think he's, he's solid. I, yeah, I think he's really interesting. He's kind of. I don't really know what he is. If he's a safety, if he's a corner, if he's a nickel, I don't know where he lines up. Um, because I don't really know what. I just, I'm. I, he's an interesting player to me. I. I don't know how fast he is, so I don't know if he can hang a corner. And I don't—he's not, you know, the prototypical size at safety. So I'm a little leery that he's going to be like in a. I think he's more talented than Justin Broyles, but I'm a little afraid that he'll get stuck in like this no man's land. Um, mm. But I, at the same time, I right, like him. I'm just gonna—you so. can't—you can't just start throwing the name Justin Broyles at guys. Like, okay, I had that's, to. that's like as bad an insult as you can give somebody at this point. Well, I'm not, I don't mean like as a player. I mean, as like a position wise, like, I get it. is he a yeah. safety? Is he a corner kind of thing? Yeah. Um, what is he? Um, how tall do you guys think he is? Graham? Yeah. Like five, ten and a half, five, eleven. Okay, I the think he's probably he's six one. I think he's probably at least six feet, man. I saw him. Well, that, you, you're, well, you're the one that's seen him in live, so why are you going to let me answer it? I've seen him in – like, <laughs> I think he's he's probably at least 5'11", 5'11 and a half, 6 foot. Okay. Like I, he, well, is not, he did not strike me as a guy that was, like, shorter than I thought he would be. Like, okay. I didn't go – like, it wasn't a buki situation where I was like, wow, he is barely taller than me. You know, <laughs> like, it was like a, oh, wow, he's actually kind of a long athlete. So, you know, so let me turn the question around. Where do you think he lines up? I think he's going to play corner at OU. Okay. Um, do you think he's like a slot corner, or do you think he can hang outside? I think he can hang outside. I, I mean, I'm not saying that I think he'll be – I mean, out of the guys that we have signed, I think he's easily the third best that we mm-hmm. did sign. But I, I think he could be a nice role player on the outside. Like one I, thing I, yeah. I mean, one thing I like about him is like – he was kind of one of the, and this might be something we could talk about the the more general picture, but there was kind of a lack of leadership in this class, but of the leadership there was, he was one of them. Um, right. So I, I like that. He has kind of like some leadership uh, traits. Um, he was a long time commit. He very, he's one of the rare guys. It's like, Oh, he committed at one position. Then they proposed another one. He's like, yeah, that's cool. And he did that one. And, he, he didn't seem to really care what side of the ball he was on. 
Um, yeah. So I, 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 I'm, I'm kind of rooting for him, frankly, but um, I, I just don't know quite where he is. But if he can be a true corner, that that's where they need, honestly. They have a ton of safeties. I don't know if any of them are good outside of, like, Turner Yell, but they have right. a ton of safeties. So um, if he can play corner, that's what I prefer. Yeah, no, I absolutely, absolutely agree. Yeah. Um, and finally, to close out the class, Bryson Washington. Oh, um, yeah. And I think that, you know, if, you know, he's definitely in the top three in terms of just impressive gets. He's in the mm-hmm. top three in biggest needs in the entire class. Mm-hmm. And he's, in my opinion, maybe a top three player in the class. I'm a huge fan of his game. Yep. Um, there's been a lot of talk that he's starting out spring as a nickel. I think that's fine. Like he's got that body. Like if you're playing a guy his size at nickel, yeah. that's a huge upgrade over a guy like Buki. Yeah, I, 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 in my head, he's been a free safety for so long that I was a little. Right. I wanted him to be a free safety, but I can see why they would be because I think they just wanted to get him on the field yeah. as soon as possible, and that's the, probably the quickest way. Uh, yeah. Because I think Buki's a little less secure than Pat Fields is, though I, right. would, I, I can see, I can argue, I can maybe argue both ways, but um, it's just. I mean, Pat Fields didn't decapitate somebody for no reason and get kicked <laughs> out of the most important game of the season. That's true, but what did Pat Fields do? I mean, he was was he there? I don't know. But didn't do that though. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's my argument. <laughs> he did enough. not do that. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. So, so I mean. Like I'm a union alum. I want Pat Fields to be good, so we'll see. Um, I, I Bryson to me, I think the honestly the coolest thing about Bryson was just that he was supposed to go to Texas, but he didn't. Right. <laughs> no, and, I remember because he was a kid that I saw that night after the spring game at that party, and like, yeah, Alex Grinch was ha- he was with him the enti- almost the entire yeah. time that I was there. Oh, Grinch zeroed in on him for sure. Yeah, like, and I I remember thinking, man, I don't think we're gonna get this kid. I wish he would like go talk to Major <laughs> Burns or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. but Major, Alex Major. Grinch turned that around, and Bryson Washington committed to OU in July, mm-hmm. um, and never wavered. Like yeah. it was just he was an OU kid, and there was never any question about it. And that would have always been one guy that. I, yeah. If you had asked me if I was worried about, it would have been Bryson Washington. Yeah, for sure. Honestly, it's funny, like the guys that whenever they committed, I was kind of afraid of, like were afraid that we're going to maybe decommit later, didn't in this class. And then the ones that did commit and then eventually decommitted were like were the ones that I was pretty confident in. <laughs> so it's kind of weird. Yeah. Like I thought Perion Winfrey was probably going to flip once Georgia or somewhere got interested. Um like those kind of things. So, but as far as Bryson, like he's got the length, he's got the speed. He's like, he's what Grinch, he's probably what Grinch like draws up in a lot of ways. Um, he's, I mean, he just checks so many boxes because from the measurables, from the leadership, from the you know middle finger to Texas, he just like checks them all off the list. So um, I, I think he was, I think I agree with you. He was the top three get of the class. He's probably, you know, in that conversation uh, for a player. Like, to me, I think we – I remember talking about this over the summer. Like, to me, Rain, Winfrey, and Washington were the three most important players of the class, and they got all of them. So, yeah, um, I think just from that standpoint alone, I think he's extremely important because he's someone they 
absolutely had to have, um, just from a future standpoint, they really needed to hit on a safety because safety, there's just been such a dearth of safeties. Um, yeah. It's just been kind of a graveyard for almost a decade um, that they really needed that kind of the linchpin. And I think he's going to play a ton this year. Um, yeah, probably absolutely. be a multi-year starter. All right. So finally, as we review the class completely, um, you know, I, I don't think this class was, you know, it's not the 2019 class by any means. It was a no. solid class. We filled a lot of needs, yeah. which is, I think it's was a important underrated. I hundred um, percent agree with you. I, I, um, I see why it's not like at the love. Cause it doesn't have like the, for lack of a better term, like, sexy name where like people can kind of grab like it doesn't have the easy quarterback it doesn't have a spencer rattler yeah like it's best positions are along the yeah yeah. it's best positions are along the lines of scrimmage and that doesn't get anyone excited unless like you're like a you're like really into this stuff um right but at the same point um i think it checked a lot of boxes and i think it's going to be kind of a foundational thing um that maybe it doesn't have the immediate punch of like a Jaden Hazelwood, Theo East kind of thing, but I think it'll be kind of a cornerstone because it's setting those, again, the lines of scrimmage that take multiple years to develop, but then in three years you look back and say, oh, four of the guys on the offensive line were all in the same class, that kind of thing. So Right. Um, okay, so let's talk about the class that could have been just for a second. Uh. Okay. I want to start with our <laughs> list of decommits because it's painful. Uh, it's painful. Yeah. And let me know if I forgot anybody, Nathan. Uh, so I've got Jace sure McClellan. Yeah. Uh, to Alabama. I'll, I'll to Alabama. say where they went. Yeah. Drew Sanders, also, also Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. Uh, Drew Sanders was a gut punch to me because, damn, yeah. he would be an awesome linebacker. Dude, um, he would have been incredible here. Yeah. Um, either as an outsider, he shit. You're talking about six four mics. There you yeah, go. Yeah, that's but... Drew Sanders. Um, Ryan Watts. Yeah, I. To me, honestly, uh, I, him and Eaton are kind of a push to me. So yeah, he went no, to Ohio I, State, and I, Eaton, I, I can live with that one. I can live with it too. But Watts is also a guy that I think a little bit more physically developed, and maybe yeah. Of a potential at safety, so yeah, it stings a little bit. That. That but I also don't think he runs quite as well, so I think there's a little bit yeah, of give and take. I think so. Um, all right, Dante Manning. Yeah, that one really hurts. Hurts a lot. Like yeah, that was an we, excellent evaluation. That was, was an eventual yeah. five star on two four seven that they got in on. Yeah, out of Kansas City. And he goes to Oregon of all places. Good God. Freaking Oregon. Then they lose their (laughs) defensive back coach. And they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, those are guys that, you know, Watson and Manning were both incredible evaluations. They were both, Mm -hmm. like, unknown three stars when OU offered. And then, you know, Georgia really wanted Dante Manning. Ryan Watts wound up going to Ohio State. Like, those were big-time evaluations. Yeah, and again, that that lends credence to what we've been saying of like, kind of the process that they're doing. And you're seeing it this year; they're offering a bunch of three stars, and people are kind of saying, "Why are they offering this guy?" Well, if you go watch his huddle, you can see why. I mean, yeah, they're just they're uncovering a lot of guys that six months from now are going to be two fifty, one hundred kids. Sure, Um, I'm going to include Major Burns because I think he unofficially committed. 
Yeah. Um, and he eventually was a LSU commit and then a Georgia commit. So again, yeah, same thing. Same deal. Um, and I think he was committed to A&M at one point too, right? <laughs> yeah. So that, he was oh. committed to A&M before he was uh, yeah. flirting, flirting with OU. So he had, but the, the thing to Georgia wasn't really his fault because LSU dropped him. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah and I think that, he was probably the least of all these defensive back guys we talked about. Like, you know, Do I, I still like to major Burns. I think he is a very prototype no, uh, I, prototype. I think he would have been a good nickel. Uh, I think so. The length. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, if you're talking about comparing him to Eaton, I would take Eaton over him. Uh, yeah. And then the last so. decommit that I've got is edge Cooper, who that was kind of turned into a pick between him and uh, Shane Witter. I think we got the better player. But mm-hmm. I also I think we, we should both. have taken both. Like, yeah. if we could have gotten both, I would feel a lot better. Um, yeah. that, another just great evaluation. Like, when yep. we got him, he was this no-name three-star. He yeah. committed to OU early, and then LSU offered, and that screwed everything up. Yeah, uh, because he wouldn't completely commit to OU. He would never say, like, he, OU wanted a hard yes or no. Like, are you yeah. in, or are you going to continue to kind of flirt with LSU? And yeah. he wouldn't kind of say, <laughs> I'm 100% in. So they went and offered Witter, and then he almost immediately. Actually, he did basically immediately decommit. So, right. Uh, whatever Witter committed. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, he would have. He's he's like a, as a will. I think Witter's the Mike, Cooper's the will. And Cooper is super, super fast. I think um, they're I both think, awesome. Yeah, I think yeah. they would have been like the best inside, honestly, probably the best inside linebacker pair. Um, I think 2017 is better on paper, but I think as players, I think they would have been better than 2017 with Draper and Murray. So, um, oh, actually, yeah. I, Draper sucks. Well, yeah, but on paper, like <laughs> yeah, we no, all I get thought it. he was yeah. going to be good. Yeah. Um, okay. And so I'm going to go through a list of guys we got second on real quick. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is the one that's going to give me heartburn. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure I'm missing some. And there was a few that I just was like, eh, I'm not going to put them in because we wound up getting good players anyways. Um, but I'm going to, like, at running back, I'm going to put Bijan Robinson and uh, Milton on here, Kendall Milton. And not necessarily because we just straight up were second for them, but those are both guys that we essentially I, passed up yeah. the opportunity to recruit because we had Jace McClellan. Um, yeah, and, and that uh, sucks. Chris Tyree. Don't forget Chris Tyree. I was, yeah, Chris Tyree was next. Um yeah. He's a guy that like chose Notre Dame. I think we would have taken Tyree regardless. Like I think he was a guy we really wanted. Yeah, because um, he's really damn fast. Yeah, but like he's like Tyree kill fast, and <laughs> yeah. he like he just decided he would rather go play at Notre Dame for some unknown reason. Yeah, he wants to be a coach afterward. Like he's like uh, the academics, and then he wants to be a coach. Like how, how does that make sense? Fascinating. That's fascinating. <laughs> I feel like, like we, uh, I feel like we dodged a bullet with that one, honestly. Yeah, if you like, it, I get it. If you want to be like a chemical engineer or something, like yeah, academics, whatever. But if you want to be a coach, does it really matter if you get a, like a physical education degree at like one school versus another? I don't know. So, right. Anyway. Um, and then you mentioned him earlier. Jalen McMillan was yep. like that dude is awesome. I I always felt like he was on that Theo Weiss level. Like to be completely honest, like maybe yeah, not. He's, not quite as high, but I was really high on him. 
Yeah, he's um, really, really and good. <laughs> it sucks that his mom didn't want him to come to OU. Like this kid, this is like a a California kid, and he's going to Washington, so he's still not even staying that close to home. Yeah, that's the thing. Like still, he's like, oh, I can't go far from home. Then he goes eight hours from home. It's like, yeah, just because for, it's on the west coast doesn't mean it's close. So, right. Anyway. Um, and then <laughs> I've got Jacoby Covington on here too, but that was also more that was more of an OU decision. I just think it was a mistake. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah I, I think we should have taken that kid. Um, he would have been really good. Like, take him and then make Davon Graham a receiver. Like, I don't care. Like, he's the kind of guy you don't turn down. He's a prototype, like, nickel safety type kid. Um, and then I've got the last two they hurt the most. Um, DeAndre Butler, we got mm. – we came in second to Auburn. Yeah. Um, he was a Georgia kid. Auburn was closer to home. Auburn's a better school for defensive linemen. Yep. It makes sense to lose a guy like that. And then the ultimate just middle finger um, from this class, Alfred Collins. Goddamn called it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, this is the guy that as soon – like, I got really excited. I thought we were going to get him. Nathan stayed pretty – he was like, he's going to go to Texas. And I was like, nah, man. It makes no <laughs> sense to go to Texas. And then, of course, he – then you remember his mom was like a Texas ex and like played for their basketball team. And then he wore Texas shirts all the time. It's like, oh, he's going to Texas. Um, yeah. 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 Sorry. I actually just hung up on you guys for a second. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Um, You're th- that mad about Alfred ooh, Collins. Yes. No, yeah, like I, I mean, maybe I'll see him next year in Austin, but like, man, that one stings. Like, yeah. Oh, you recruited their asses off for him. They recruited him so well. They had the scheme that he would play in at OU fits him so much better than what he would play in at Texas. It just every logical reason pointed to OU. And that was what I was thinking. And like, it just, you can't underestimate how much Texas kids want to play at Texas. You know, like it's the same brainwash state. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Like there's a lot of states like that. LSU, like, but, and I just, I underestimated it. And that one stings more than pretty much any other guy in this class. Like if you put him in this class, then I think we're looking at an entirely different caliber class. Yeah. He uh, is also just from like, he's such a natural fit and he's going to go play in a four, three, which is a terrible fit. And I just, yeah. it's annoying. Um, trying to think of some, I saw some other guys that maybe they're not, you know, the perfect fits. Um, I mean, I thought about like Port Williams, yeah, well, even got like Jalen Knighton was committed and he decommitted. And yeah. I think he went out, wound up at Miami. Um, he was fun. Like, he was a lot of fun to watch. He's kind of flaky, so I think we probably did okay with that. But Gary Bryant's um, another one. Oh, yeah, Gary Bryant. And he and, tore up the Army game, so, or, or yeah. what was formerly known as the Army game. Um, yeah. Turner Jaylen, Corcoran went, went, uh, went to Nebraska, Turner but we had a really good. Uh, I didn't class, put him so. on the list because of that. Like, but yeah, yeah he's a guy that. Kandarius Taylor. <laughs> so, yeah. And we were just so close to getting Brian Breezy too, man. It just oh yeah, for him, didn't yeah, quite work sure. out. Um, yeah, we offered him, so he had his opportunity. He had an opportunity. Uh, <laughs> <to come to laughs> yeah. Well, um, with it, when, with you or without you, yeah. he's going to win quite a lot. So he'll be fine. Um. I mean, there yeah. are there, there's other guys, but I think the biggest ones you 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 got. So yeah, it, so. it's a class that was pretty good. 
was, I would say, you know, hovers around that 10 mark. I think it is, it was top 10, right, on one, somewhere, ESPN. So, I kept think it was alive. ESPN. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even though ESPN 15 sucks. on Rivals. I think, yeah. what was it on? That's too low. I think 247 is like 11, because I think Tennessee passed us on the last day. Um, God, that's But I, I would have them in that like 11, 12 range, probably. 10, 11, 12, somewhere in there. Um, I think 15 yeah, is too low. Yeah, 247, yeah. Um, yeah. But it, it's one of those things like, you know, with a little less bad luck, it could have probably been like seven, six or seven. So yeah, no, you put you put Drew Sanders and Alfred Collins in and this Dante group. Manning, and, Dante you know, Manning, one of those like, running backs, oof. and you know, then yeah. it's a whole other conversation. A whole but, new, a whole yeah. new ball game. So, all right, we need to we need to wrap it up because we I'm sure this is going on forever. <laughs> yeah, this is this is. It. I have I want to very briefly talk about some numbers some freshmen have selected. How do you guys feel about Seth McGowan wearing number one? It's a little weird. I don't know if I like it. A running back wearing one? Very strange. Well, a, a freshman running back wearing one. Um, that yeah. seems like one that like, oh, you're a badass, and then you get to wear number one. But yeah, maybe strange. maybe that's foreshadowing. Yeah. Maybe he's... Well, we do know he can lift a lot, so maybe yeah. they're like, yeah. Oh. Here's we just one need I to love. see a video of him jumping out of a pool. Yeah. Um, right. And then we can go all in with him. Yeah. Here's one I love. Mikey Henderson wearing three. Yeah, that's I, cool. I, like, I that. like that. I'm that's pretty I'm good. pretty in on single digit numbers for bigger players just in general. Mm-hmm. I want Rain uh, to be like number six or something. That'd be funny. <laughs> That'd be good. Um, you know, there, there's the traditional old head thing about it is that small numbers make you look smaller. But yeah. I disagree. I think small numbers make the number look smaller. <laughs> hey, absolutely. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm very okay with Winfrey being number eight. Um, yeah, I think that's great. To me, that um, just you know means he's going to be really good. I'm, yeah. I'm very sold. Okay. Um, with all this said and done, I think it's time to wrap up. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to this very in-depth, um, very late post-signing day pod. Um, we're always happy to go along for our beloved listeners. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, the Google Play Store, or on Podbean. Follow us on Twitter at RWMaxi and at Happily. That's P-U-R-D underscore Happily. Um, and... Uh, If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can leave us a review or share it with a friend. And we'll be back sometime pretty soon. We've got spring football to talk about now. Spring game might happen. We'll see. Basketball. Basketball. Oh, my goodness. We didn't even talk about OU basketball on this podcast. Oh, yeah. There'll be time. Which is probably for the best. I have takes. I have takes. (laughs) So many takes. So many takes. Um, I have Formula One takes, but we're not even even close. I need to watch that show. You do. You do. Uh, I have a thing to watch now. Season two of Formula One Drive to Survive dropped on Netflix la- two weeks ago. Uh, it's a good watch. It's a good watch. All right. Um, thanks so much for your guys' time. We'll be back soon.